I was just thinking, since your friends know all about my personal quirks, I thought it would be hilarious if I told them about some of yours. Yeah. But shaking off isn't a quirk. I I'm a bear. You shake off too, right? Well, I have an associate's degree. I use a towel. Oh, you guys want to hear another one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Fozzie is very sentimental. Yeah. And when he hears a certain song, yeah. he gets very emotional. Oh. Not true. Not true. I see your true colors shining through. I see your true colors, and that's why I love you. Oh, are you crying? No. So don't be afraid to let them show your true colors. True colors are beautiful like a rainbow. Sweating now. So Becky and I came to the mutual decision that it's best to keep our personal lives personal. Not funny, Zoot. It's just hauntingly beautiful on a sax. Muppet Show is over, you know where to go. Come on down to Ralph's Tavern and let's talk Muppets. Greetings and welcome to Ralph's Castle. On the menu today you will find fresh pig's blah, I mean burned hamburgers, favorites, and more. Today's house special is Walk This Vine, the fifth episode of The Muppets on ABC. For this week's Phone a Friend, we speak with listener Darren Granter. Our guest commentator for this episode is the fabulous, furry, Jared Fairwolf from the Muppet Mindset. And now, here is your host, J.D. Hankenstein. Hello and happy Halloween, everybody. We're here once again to talk about another fun episode of The Muppets on ABC, though perhaps a less fun episode, people think? I don't know. We're going to talk about that. This is the episode that apparently not enough people watched, or at least everyone was afraid that people weren't going to watch. I guess some delusional people thought it was more important to watch the World Series that night instead, but they really should have been tuned into ABC. Not because of this episode of The Muppets, but because of the episode of Fresh Off the Boat that aired after this episode of The Muppets, uh, which had a Traveling Wilburys reference and people dressed up in Kermit and Miss Piggy costumes. Actually, when I tweeted about the Kermit and Piggy reference, two of the child actors from Fresh Off the Boat favorited the tweet, which is kind of cool, kind of weird, but not what we're here to talk about. Moving on. Naturally, we're here to talk about Muppets, and by we, I mean me. That son of a dunderheaded lummox Steve Swanson decided to go to Disney World this week. So I guess I have to review this episode of The Muppets all by myself. Isn't that a shame, Jared Fairclough of The Muppet Mindset? Oh gosh, hey, Jared's here. Hi. Uh, hi. Yeah, that, that got awkward for a moment, but it's fine. It's it fine. did. I'll, I'll, yeah. We'll just carry on with our lives. Let's carry on with our lives, and I think we have an interesting episode of The Muppets to talk about this time. One of the episodes that sort of sort of torn people apart. Some people seem to really like it, but a lot of people seem to think it was pretty weak. So we've got a number of interesting things to talk about here. And, uh, well, first of all, maybe, Jared, you should tell us well, where you're from, online, that is, uh, or where you're from in real life, it doesn't matter, and uh, where we can find you. All right. Well, I'm from the Muppet Mindset. Uh, you can find that at MuppetMindset.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and personally, I'm from Melbourne, Australia. 
That's nice. You know, I've looked up pictures of Melbourne, Australia, and I was a little surprised at how surprised by how utopian it looks, if that makes sense, in that it just struck me as something that would be used as a city in a book that takes place in a future in a future city that's really nice and clean. It, it looked very pretty according to Google Images. Is Google Images lying to me? It's not. We're actually being voted, I think, like five years in a row, the most livable city in the world. Well, good for you. That's yeah, nice. take that, Boise. Okay, then. Before we, uh, oh, before we start any conflicts, maybe we'd better move right along. Uh, and our first segment on this show, welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be back. Yeah, I, I should have mentioned that. This is your first time doing uh, Let's Talk Muppets. It is. I think. And so that's great. I meant to have you on earlier, but we've had a couple of complications with scheduling things. Not as many complications as I've had with FrogFan76. I'm still I'm, waiting to hear back from that guy. That guy's a shocker. He calls yeah. himself the bestest Muppet fan online, but, you know, I don't think that's true. But that's oh. just me. Oh, boy. Oh, please don't start this. First Impressions is our first segment on this show. Me, 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 me. First Impressions. And that's when we give just that, our first impressions on the episode overall. So would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Oh, I can go first. That's fine. Okay. Uh, first impressions, I am in the camp uh, of people who actually really enjoyed this episode. I wish Steve was here because then we could really let you two fight it out because I got a text from him immediately after it aired saying, well, that was a shame, wasn't it? And I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Um, really? Okay. I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I've heard some negative things about this. I think it was a disappointment for a lot of people. And my first impression on the whole, I like it, not because I found it particularly funny. Okay. I I think that it was interesting to watch. It was very interesting to see the characters do what they did because we introduced them to some new uh, new ideas comedy uh, fozzy took his comedy in a different direction uh rizzo and scooter got a new dynamic so we got to see some stuff that was for me very interesting but there wasn't much that made me laugh out loud in this episode as opposed to other episodes which had me laughing out loud quite a few times okay that was much more of a first impression than mine was well, uh, I liked mine. We'll get into it obviously a little bit uh, later on, but I was a big fan of Piggy this episode. I wasn't a big fan of Fozzie this episode. Yeah, that's that's a first impression right there. That's it. So, and that's all we need for that segment. See, this is an easy show to do, isn't it? It's it's a delight. I can do it in my pajamas too, which I like. Oh, yeah, that is nice. For me, it's seven twenty-one, so that would be weird, but for you. You know, it's what, Mate, 10 something in the, yeah. 21 a.m. Very nice, in the loveliest city in the world, apparently. And this brings us to our second segment already, which is called Correcting Kim. And would you like to take a guess at why it is called Correcting Kim? Correcting Kim. Um... Look, my, the first Kim that comes to mind is a Kardashian, but I really don't think that's the case. No, not really. No. All right. Uh, I give up. 
Okay, so in the first episode of this series, there was an intern, presumably an intern, who had a brief little appearance, don't think she had any lines, and her name was Kim. She was taking notes in the writing room. And that immediately started a running gag on this this podcast, in which Kim somehow comes up in every single episode, <laughs> because she doesn't matter, and we haven't seen her since. I say it's because she's going to get her own spin-off series. Steve is skeptical, but I don't know. We'll see what happens next season. You never know. But anyway, when we looked through the story synopsis on ABC, we found that there were actually quite a few errors in it. And this was surprising because it's ABC's official website. So we decided we would blame ABC's intern, Kim, for the mistakes in the story synopsis, and that's how this segment became called Correcting Kim. Good. Well, she needs correcting. She's going to make mistakes like that. She's going to get fired, and she's never going to get a spin-off. You know, it almost sounds like you're trying to pick fights with a few people tonight. I will pick fights with Frogfan76. I'll pick fights with Steve. I'll pick fights with Boise. Oh, boy. What a mood you are in. So, from the official story synopsis, Reese Witherspoon is scheduled to be a guest on Up Late with Miss Piggy. Even though she's one of Hollywood's biggest stars, this particular celebrity booking has Kermit a little on edge. It seems that Miss Piggy is still holding a grudge over Reese beating her out for the lead in Walk the Line. This explains why the slight... This explains why the slighted swine, there we go, I could read it now, had a coffee truck camp out where the Oscar winner was supposed to park. And already, I think there are some fun things to note. If only I can find my notes. I never can. I print out a lot of papers for this show and then I mix them all up. And they're double-sided, which makes it harder. Uh, we learn about Miss Piggy's habit of decoy grudges. Yes. Which I didn't know about because I think I'm pretty sure that we've seen her hold a number of grudges over time. She has, but uh, yeah, as Uncle Deadly says in the uh, beginning, this is the this is the main one. This is the grudge of all grudges. Yeah, and while he was doing that, he was wearing a really nice jacket. He is looking beautiful. I'm really enjoying the uh, the strange, campy Uncle Deadly. Mm-hmm. He has become very very fashionable. And gets wonderful lines in this show, like, slow your pump, young man. <laughs> uh, and this was also the scene in which uh, Scooter had the little accident with Rizzo, which started that plot line. And all I want to know about that is how was Scooter able to afford his new car? Good question. Because it looked like a, it looked like a pretty decent car, but as I understand it, Miss Piggy is way wealthier than the rest of the Muppets. Yeah, but surely, you know, he's got one of the biggest jobs in the uh, in the studio. He's probably making a fair bit of coin. Maybe not as much as the pig. But, you know, he's probably quite well off. That For the first time in a while, I'd say, since on The Muppet Show, their budget consisted of a butterfly flying out of Kermit's wallet. Uh, but let's see what the story synopsis has to say about that. Rizzo crashes into Scooter's brand new car on the studio lot. Airbags deployed and the damage is substantial. The two drivers agree to keep the insurance companies out of it. Rizzo has a cousin with an auto body shop downtown. The guy's a wizard with a rubber mallet. <laughs> um, now, question. Is it saying that he's wizardly talented with using a rubber mallet, or is he an actual wizard who happens to possess a rubber mallet? Well, you know what? That sort of brings me to uh, a point I made in my review. I didn't like the fact that we uh, we didn't get to see a lot of these uh, Rizzo's family i think it would have been nice to follow scooter around i mean you know the muppets have such a wealth of rat puppets you know 
we could actually see if this guy was in fact a wizard with a rubber mallet. Hmm. So are you a fan of the off-screen joke or do you rather do you prefer to see the punchline? I enjoy the off-screen joke occasionally, but I think this storyline would have benefited by leaving the studio a little more. Hmm. Very interesting. Back to the Reese story. Come showtime, Reese does her best to steer the conversation away from her Oscar win to her work for Habitat for Humanity. She has plans to go to a construction site. Suddenly, Miss Piggy has the exact same plans. Now, in a way, that is very Miss Piggy, but it seems like this episode is almost a commercial for Habitat for Humanity. But is that really an issue? I mean, they're a very worthy cause. That's true. That is very true. Uh, it, it is odd, though, seeing an organization promoted this much in this show. It's good. It's very nice. But it's a little odd. Interestingly, um, I don't know whether or not it was just because the news was all about this episode, but I couldn't find anything about Reese Witherspoon actually doing anything for Habitat for Humanity. Oh, wow. So I don't know if it's just because the news was every time I typed in Reese Witherspoon Habitat for Humanity, it had to do with this episode. So I don't know if I just didn't look far enough. But I don't know whether or not it's accurate or whether or not it's just for the show. That's not to say she's not a very charitable person. I'm just saying, you know, I don't know whether or not she actually does anything for Habitat for Humanity. All right, I'm looking this up. I need to know about this right now. Let's take a look-see here. Uh... I'll pick a fight with Bruce Witherspoon, too. It's fine. Great. <laughs> You and Miss Piggy can gang up on her, I guess. All right, no worries. Oh, good heavens. Hmm. I am not finding much. So it's not just me. It's not just you. Yeah, I can't find it. Right? I can't find it at all. Oh, my. Let's try 10th page of Google. Nope, still just walk the swine stuff. <laughs> okay. And 14th page of Google. Nope. Nope. Just Miss Piggy. Wait. Oh, wait. Huffington Post UK. Uh-huh. I think I found it. Okay. Does she actually do stuff on does she? It looks like yes. Right. All right. Well, I, uh, I take back anything I just said. Yes. Apparently, she has been involved in charities such as Habitat for Humanity and Teach for America. But seriously, I didn't find that for quite some time. That was odd. So, in other news, the Muppets are really, really good with SEO, apparently, and can get all of the search results for all of the things. That's good to know. Where were we in this? We got really off track. Oh, yes. Uh... Uh, Reese does her best to steer the conversation away from her Oscar win to her work for Habitat for Humanity. Uh, she has plans to go to a construction site. Suddenly, Piggy has the exact same plans. She wants to show up Reese. That's Miss um, Piggy, I guess, wants to show up Reese mm -hmm. in front of the press. She makes this known to Kermit after eventually working her way out of her Spanx. <laughs> what did we think of her Spanx? They, they, they had a workout. I was a little... Uh... What's the word? Disturbed by the uh, the love that Uncle Deadly had for them. Yes, exactly my thought. It was a little creepy. It no, was. That, that's his point. I mean, Uncle Deadly's meant to be creepy, but I'm not sure he's meant to be creepy in that way. 
Mm-hmm. Meant to be more eerie than awkward. Than awkward and disturbed. Fozzie mentions his new girlfriend, Becky, during his stand-up routine. He makes a bunch of cracks about how sweaty she gets. The crowd loves it. Becky, however, is... Turning the page, turning the page. Very upset. Fozzie brushes this off. It's just one of the things she'll have to deal with in dating a celebrity. Now, what the heck do we think of this plotline? Tell me first what you think of Ricky Lindholm, who plays Becky. Because I've seen a lot of um, contrasting hmm. opinions. A lot of people love her, a lot of people don't. Well. Personally, it's, it's... I'm a big fan. Oh, then I feel exactly the same way as long as you won't pick a fight with me. Uh, but seriously, <laughs> folks, I think that I wasn't crazy about the casting choice at first because I thought the girl in the promo seemed more fitting, especially because the original story is about meeting the girl's parents. Mm -hmm. And with a younger woman, that makes a bit more sense than with someone who is very clearly very much an adult, mm -hmm. at least to me. And so it seemed like an odd casting choice at first. For this episode, I think it works. But for the episode she was in at, at, at first, in I guess that was episode one, that felt off to me. That didn't... It, but was it that didn't seem... because you were imagining the girl who had played Becky in the first, uh, in the presentation pilot? I think... No, I don't think it was about that. I think it could have been someone else, easily. Okay. But it probably should have been someone who had, to some small extent, a younger look. And okay, that's th this, this is an actress who looks older than she actually is, which is probably not exactly what you would want uh, for that storyline. For this storyline, it's still a little weird to me, but on the whole, I think I liked it, and I think I did like Becky in this episode, because on the whole, she did give a very good performance. Yes. I mean, I was watching her face, her facial expressions, and she was doing everything really well without overacting uh but without being too dull she have seemed to find just the right level have you seen much of her previously no i have not i meant okay. to look into that yes. i mean i i know she's been around in the world of comedy certainly she has she's uh she's part of garfunkel notes with kate mccucci i knew that much i did know that much i'm a very big fan of um i've seen them live when they've come out to melbourne oh um, did not know that yes and actually i have a quite a quite a special little place in my heart for Kate because uh, back in 2011 she let me use one of her songs in my uh, uni film for free. Well then. So I have a little special place in my heart for Garfunkel and Oates so I'm quite happy that uh, Ricky Lindholm's in the show and she's doing well. I'm a real big fan of her. She does seem to be doing well. I think her overall performance in this episode is great. Then there's Fozzie's comedy in this episode which is amongst Muppet fans both casual and us, it's controversial. Yep. Because I think as Jason Siegel put it, the Muppets generally don't do comedy that's about insulting people or making fun of people. They're not about the... They don't do... They're not insult comics. They don't do that kind of comedy generally. And here we see Fozzie really verging off in this direction and... First of all, it seems slightly out of character for Fozzie because he is arguably the most innocent of the Muppet characters and he's doing one of the most dangerous kinds of comedy. Uh, not, not, not the same kind of comedy as, say, bashing religion, which is 
very dangerous comedy in some places, um, but a different kind of dangerous comedy in that it it the intent is in one way or another to hurt someone's pride, I think. But the thing is, in this episode, clearly Fozzie doesn't see it that way, which is a plot line that I'm pretty sure has been done on a couple of shows previously. That's I remember seeing a plot line very much like this in SpongeBob SquarePants, actually. And I've heard that they also did something very much like it in Full House. Have you seen this story around before? I have not in either of the uh, the ways you've uh, places you've mentioned. But I mean, I don't think it was a real issue. I don't think it was out of character for Fozzie because you know he still does his terrible shtick. He still he still knows. I think deep down that he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. I don't think it's some weird. Uh, weird, you know, out-of-character moment for him. Hmm. But, okay. look, I, I think it I think it works overall. I wasn't a huge fan of the whole storyline in general, but that's probably because I'm getting a little bit over Fozzie. Which oh, is controversial. Bum, bum, bum. But, it's just, I'm not sure we need a storyline with him in it every week. Like him being the central figure. Okay. Because literally every episode, he's been, like, the main part of, like, the B or C story. And I think... You're it, right. And I think, you know, they have such a, you know, overwhelming um, pool of characters to choose from. You know, why not, as I wrote on the uh, the site, why not spend an episode, you know, seeing what happens when Sweetums and Beautiful Day Monster get stuck in a traffic jam? Oh, gosh, I would watch that. Rather than, yeah, see, that sounds good. Rather than have, oh, just another Fozzy being Fozzy story. I think I agree with you on this. All right, for our online petition list that is always growing, let's scoot over the keyboard so I can add this one. It's going to be... Uh, hmm, uh, remove Fozzy from uh, approximately 50% of B or C stories. There we go. Lovely. So that online petition will be sent out um, sometime between now and never. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing it never. That's great. So uh, we also learned that Pepe has a romance blog, and I really, want to, I really want to read it, and uh, he is dressed like he's going to be in a Boys to Men video, and... Uh, he was not hitting on the ladies because even God rested on Sunday. <laughs> I think uh, that, I think that's one of my favorite quotes from the episode. It is. I really like that Pepe's sort of back because, you know, he didn't have much to do in The Muppets or this is the film or even like he had a little bit to do in most of one, but not much. But I like the fact that he's been brought back in sort of a main character after a little mm -hmm. while of sort of, you know, disappearing, I guess. And, uh, and I mean, I was watching something with Pepe in it from, it might have been a Muppets Tonight clip, and his character's just completely changed for the better. Hmm. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. It, it, I am happy with his presence in this show because it's not, I, I may, I probably have mentioned this before, but Pepe and Piggy have actually had very similar situations in that they're really, really easy to write for if you're going to be lazy and just rely on their shticks. Yes. Because Pepe has his okay and his, I like the women's okay and his, uh, 
I think there was a Tough Pigs article on, I want to say, the Lady Gaga holiday special. Did you ever see that? Um, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, there were some different opinions on it over on Tough Pigs, but in one of the articles, it said, uh, Pepe reminds us that sex is a thing that he likes. <laughs> and that sums up the way that Pepe is generally written much of the time. It, it's He's going to remind you that he is Pepe and does the Pepe things, which is saying, hola, okay, and I want the women's. That's, that's, that's Pepe, and he wants money. Um, and other greedy selfish things, or shellfish things, as it were. And that's annoying, but in this episode, sorry, not just in this episode, in this series, on the whole, I have been very, very happy, and I've come to really love Pepe as a character in this show more than ever before. Yep, alright, I definitely I can see that. He's, uh, I think, I think I agree with you there. He's, uh, a lot of people have been a bit iffy on him, because I think he's probably as for all the reasons you've said, he's probably the most adult character. He's probably said the most adult things in the entire series uh, so far, I guess. Trying to think of, I can't think of any specifics, but I mean, you know, something like gender is fluid in episode two. Um, you know, he's a fan of salty water, so he wants to know if Becky has this and stuff. Just stuff like that. But I think it really works for him. And I like the sort of voice that the writers are fan for him and that Bill Barrett has sort of got for him. I think it's almost Bill has almost like found the character he was meant to play. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that exactly. That's it. That's that's hit the nail on the head. This is the way that Pepe was always meant to be. And now he is absolutely hilarious. We have seen Bill just be absolutely excellent throughout this whole series. Absolutely. And, I mean, you look at even the uh, characters like Bobo's getting, you know, hilarious lines every episode. Right. Uh, Big Mean Carl had great things in episode one and two. But he, the problem with Big Mean Carl is that he does not judge tone. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but, and... he, but him, I'm, him I'm a big fan of. I sort of, I want to see more of Big Mean Carl and sort of, yeah, him in more sort of bizarre situations. And another online petition. Add Big Mean Carl to awkward situations. There we go. Miss Piggy shows up at the construction site in her ultra suede, sti I, I can't say that word, stiletto, work boots, and a pink bedazzled hammer. Bedazzled is such an interesting word. That could only, it could only mean exactly what it means. <laughs> She's caught off guard by the absence of press folk there. Reese is fed up. She promises that Miss Piggy is going down as the, competi uh, as the competition to see who will be the best builder heats up. Well, that seemed to skip a little bit, but maybe not much. a lot. I mean, they had a whole bit at the start where they are, uh, you know, where Reese was quite thankful for Piggy, I guess, coming. Piggy had the whole... Uh, talking to the surveyor like he was a cameraman. They yeah. That, they've skipped... Oh, they've skipped Miss Piggy doing her man voice when she's pretending to be a builder yeah. on the phone, which was one of my favourite parts of the entire episode. Yeah, it was kind of funny. It's always interesting when a performer who does multiple characters, some with higher voices, some with lower voices, uh, has to do one character 
sort of doing another character. And it, it would have been worse if it was Miss Piggy doing, say, Fozzie or Sam Eagle, but she just had to come a little bit lower. And well, I don't know how you would do that. I mean, it could very, very seriously almost dipped into Grover territory if he didn't, if Eric didn't do it properly. But I think he, yeah. I think he nailed it. He did nail it. It was it was pretty great. It was just what we wanted. And we also learned a little bit about Miss Piggy's life growing up because she generally does not address the fact that she grew up on a farm. That's right. And she uh she built cows and milk fences. Yeah, that's in my that's in my notes. <laughs> she did do that. That's one of the fun quotes from the episode. And so yeah, it's a shame that they skipped so much. We also see her fixing the porta potty or thinking she's fixing the porta I think she thought she was building a pool house. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. She promises that Miss Piggy is going down as the conver- as the competition to see who will be the best builder heats up. The press ultimately does arrive in time to see Miss Piggy and Reese knock over part of the building. No, part of the build. It says knock over part of the build during a heated exchange. I would have said part of the structure or something different, but they chose the word build. And that's Kim's fault. It was that Kim. Uh, let's see. That that still seemed like it was skipping that a heck of a lot. Lot, yeah. Yeah. Well, they have to. They're trying to sum this up so that our podcasts will be shorter, and we've already gone a really long time. <laughs> but uh, Fozzie gets a taste of his own medicine when he catches Becky making jokes about his personal quirks. At one point, she even makes him cry. Hearing the song "True Colors" will do that to some bears. Fozzie agrees to keep Becky out of his act. Um, now, the true color scene is probably my favorite scene from the episode. Yeah, well, I would uh, I would agree with that definitely. Uh, if if only because of Bobo's line about how he has an associate's degree, so he uses a towel. Uh, <laughs> Did but- you notice during that scene? I think when Becky said something pretty funny, Sweden's just completely knocked down Chip. I did not. No reason. Just smacks him on the back and he goes flying. But then, like, literally three seconds later, he's back up and just continuing on, on continuing. Sorry, on with his life. Oh, wow. I did not notice that. That is fantastic. A little Easter egg I got to look for now. A little Easter egg. You hear a lot of those on Let's Talk Muppets, the Muppet Review podcast available at MuppetHub.com. Fozzie agrees to keep Becky out of his act. He bombs big time. Thankfully, Becky gives him the go-ahead to make fun of her once more. The belly laughs are back. So it was interesting seeing uh, the way that Becky, first of all, had a really great way of approaching the issue of being the subject of Fozzie's jokes. She simply just tries doing the same exact thing back in a way that's not directly hurtful towards him, unless you count singing True Colors as being directly hurtful. And I don't, because it's a beautiful song. It's when, better on sax. It is even better on sax. I think that Phil Collins did it better than Cindy Lauper because Cindy Lauper doesn't exactly have the most beautiful voice. Yep, that's very accurate. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more of a squeal. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of a surprise that that's the song that makes Fozzie break down and cry. But it was a, a nice touch. So it. That's the first thing that was interesting. Her response to it was clever. And, you know, rather than getting directly angry with him about it, she sort of just demonstrated why that's not not great. And then after she saw how badly Fozzie was doing, the fact that she was, you know, loving enough and nice enough and cared about him enough to let him 
continue making the jokes just so he would not totally bomb. That was that was very nice of her, and that was an interesting way for the story to end. I don't think most stories like this about someone doing something not very nice have this ending in which they just get the okay to keep doing that thing that's not very nice because someone loves them. That is a very good way to put it. I don't know that I have any more to add, which is strange for me to not be talking. Yeah. Um, that's weird. I liked, I liked Becky this episode because of the, the reason you just said. The first episode, she was a bit of almost a nothing character. She was just there to move Fozzie's story yep. along. And really, in Fozzie's story in episode one, it was the dad that was the, uh, that was the, you know, main, I guess, human almost in that story. He was the one he was trying to impress. Mm-hmm. So Becky didn't have a lot to do. But this episode, I think, showed a lot of Becky's character. And if they keep writing her in that sort of loving, but almost, you know, not going to take his crap way, I think it'll be good for Fozzie, and I think it'll be good for the show. I agree. I agree. Uh, getting back to Rizzo's plotline, because, boy, does this show bounce around from place to place. Uh, Rizzo was... I saw him wearing some shirts that I don't think I've seen him wear before. He was wearing a striped shirt... And that seemed new. And then later he was wearing a dark grayish green shirt. And I wonder if he actually wears those all the time and I just don't notice it because he always has the jacket over them. I don't know. Uh, but I never really paid much attention to what he was wearing. Yeah, he, he almost always has that jacket on. And in this episode, there were a few scenes when he had the jacket off and it looked a little odd. Um, but he also had a little plastic cup. Like, for his water, a little Rizzo-sized cup. And I'm thinking, where do you even find that, Rizzo? Do they just have that around at ABC for little mouse people? Did you notice, as he was was talking, probably half the water came out during that conversation? I didn't catch that, and I wish I had. You can see quite a bit of water sort of spilling out, probably all over Steve and uh, David's head. Hmm, I, I now know another Easter egg to watch for. That's what happens. When you have to watch this thing for a review, you watch it really closely. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Rizzo's... What, sorry, I tried to go back to the story synopsis, but I picked the wrong sentence. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Scooter gets a huge fine while driving a loner car. And he couldn't explain the compartments. Uh, and... <laughs> It's Rizzo's family is so, so sketchy. And we'd always just assumed that they had to be because they're Rizzo's family. But I wonder if now that we're sort of expanding the universe of Rizzo a little bit and really looking into their personal lives, if we'll finally get to see uh, what Steve Whitmire, I think, has always wanted with Rizzo, which would be Rizzo being a bit of a lawyer. Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I think, think Steve Whitmire. Sorry, yeah. you were saying? Rizzo's got the gift of the gab. You can sort of talk his way around anything. Which, which he does. A while. He he, he kind of does talk his way around a lot of stuff when he's dealing with Scooter. Because Scooter obviously should have, you know, handled everything the right way. But Rizzo talks him out of it. And as soon as Scooter's done with Rizzo's nonsense, Rizzo gets him hooked on a timeshare. <laughs> right on the water, too. Um, yeah, true. But, I mean, yeah, we haven't seen that from Rizzo for a while because even, like, maybe a little bit in a... 
No, not even then, because he was barely in the last two films. You saw it a little bit in uh, Muppets from Space. You saw it a lot with the uh, the rat cruise ship in Treasure Island. But we haven't seen, at least in the last 15 years or so, which I'm almost calling like the new generation of Muppets, we haven't seen Rizzo, yeah, be that sort of smarmy lawyer again. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's wrap up this segment because it's gotten really long and I'm sure you have other things to do tonight or this morning or both of them. Uh, Kermit catches Piggy in tears over the dark turn her revenge plan took. She believes the only way to turn things around is to have Reese Witherspoon back on the show. The two celebrities are actually civil to each other. Reese apologizes for her actions. Piggy says she's sorry as well. She does this by performing an epic musical number on her show. Game over, Piggy wins. Wasn't that... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say... Oh, Firstly, I'm assuming you're going to say the... uh, the, You're going to talk about the number at the end? Oh, no, I was going to say, wasn't that a great outfit that Reese Witherspoon was wearing? Of course I'm going to talk about the number at the end. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Let's go back before when you were saying that uh, Piggy was embarrassed. Yes, this is a good point. This is the most I have liked Miss Piggy in 15 years. When she broke down and cried? When she broke down, and this whole series, because, you know, over the last, again, I'm going to say 15 years, it's just almost a phrase at this point. In the (laughs) last 15 years, every time that Piggy and Kermit got in an argument, she would try to chop him. But if you looked back over the, you know, the Muppet show and even, you know, the Muppet movies. Half the time, yeah, she'd cry to chop him, but half the time she'd just break down and cry because she was sad, she was vulnerable, she was all these sort of different things. But then, yeah, the last 15 years, she's just been, you know, cry to chopping all over the place. This series, you know, episode one where we saw the breakup scene, any lesser writer would have had her crack it at um, Kermit when he broke up with her and had her almost attack him. But no, she broke down. She cried. Um, We've got... Sorry, I'm going to pull up my review because I've got another example. Where is it? Please do so. Yeah. I'm wondering who wrote this episode. I should know this, but I can't remember off the top of my head who the writers were on this one. Let's look it up while I'm talking. Um, Where are we? Muppet Wiki. The Muppets. Good old Muppet Wiki. I know. Isn't it the greatest thing to happen to humanity? I use it, like, every day. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, the last episode. Uh, not the last... Yeah, the last episode. Episode uh, episode four with Ed Helms. Okay. She finally became likable to her colleagues, which she hasn't been for a long time. A lot of people go, why is Miss Piggy... Why do these people work for Miss Piggy? She's rude, she's a diva, she's angry, she's all these different things. But you can almost... Yeah, the last episode, you saw that camaraderie. You saw that friendship come back, which we saw sparks of over the last 40 years or so, but really came sort of into fruition in a really nice way, I think, in the last episode. And my biggest worry was that the that character development would be forgotten, but feel like this episode almost showed that it hadn't, that she's almost growing a little bit as a person. Maybe this breakup with Kermit has 
sort of matured her a little bit. Hmm, perhaps made her think that everything that she thought she could take for granted, she actually can't. Exactly right. She needs all these people to do, you know, she needs all these people to make her look good. And I think finally she isn't starting to take them for granted. She's starting to realize that there are consequences to her actions, which mm. has been missing from Miss Piggy for years. And I don't think Eric's to blame because I think he's been knocking it out of the park. And okay, yeah, fair. I'm not sure. It's the I'm not sure. It must obviously it has to do with the writers, but I mean I don't want to blame any. I don't want to name and blame any specific writer over the last fifteen years. But I yeah, I I generally. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I think these writers have been paying attention almost mm-hmm. to what everyone's been saying about Miss Piggy over the last... I mean, you uh, you and I and Steve had the whole conversation about this on the Muppet cast a couple of months ago. And I've written the article about it as well. And you have written the article about it. The Piggy was such a diva, and it just it defined her, and it almost flanderized her, and... It seems like finally we've got writers who will almost go back to the way she used to be, which is, yes, she commands the stage sometimes. Yes, she gets into fugues, but it's all a desire to be, it's all coming from a place of she just wants to be noticed because of, you know, the childhood on the farm where, you know, I think Franken said, you know, her dad died. Um, her mum didn't particularly like her. I think we're seeing that piggyback. Yeah, piggyback. Um, <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Uh, by and, the way, this episode was written by Dave Kaplan, Steve Rudnick, Greg Mettler, and uh, Nell Scavell. That is a yes. good name. Nell Scavell. That is a great name indeed. I love it. All right. Well, we've had a great talk about Miss Piggy, but I think that we may have some differing opinions there, and we may have a little bit more to talk about with the pig. So... We'll be right back to address that after the break. For information on how you can become a sponsor of Muppet Hub's podcast productions, please send an email to contact at jdhansel.com with the subject sponsor. We're here in this abandoned warehouse talking to someone who didn't use Flipper Media to produce their podcast. Sir, what do you have to say? Flipper Media, online media production and consulting. To jumpstart your projects, go to flipper.media. Now it's time for another edition of Phone a Friend, a relatively new segment in which we talk to one of you, our listeners, to find out what other Muppet fans think of the new Muppet Show. Joining us for this installment is listener Darren Granter from Canada. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hello. So, to start off, can you tell us briefly how you became a Muppet fan? Oh, well, I guess that would imply that there was a time when I wasn't a Muppet fan, because I don't remember there being a time I wasn't a Muppet fan. I was pretty much brought up on, as most everyone was, with Sesame Street, but, you know, also I was I was at that right age when the Muppet Show first, first started airing in the uh, late 70s, so it was like... Between Sesame Street, The Muppet Show, and then uh, during the 80s, Fraggle Rock. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a time I wasn't a Muppet fan there. It's been pretty much part of my whole life as a child and then growing up and then now as an adult. It's, it's uh, yeah, and I don't think I, it's, been, it's always been mm-hmm. a part of me, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, very cool. So what have you thought of the new series as a whole so far? So far, I've been very impressed. I like how they're handling the, the adult uh, twist that they've uh, they've talked about where it's you know the the humor is is subtle it's uh, it's subtle enough that kids won't really necessarily grasp it but adults will get it easily I mean th- this is not something new for the Muppets really when you think about it they they've had this edge you know maybe not in recent years but I mean they've always had sort of an edge uh, adult edge to them there uh, maybe a little more maybe more noticeable the, with the new series but. It's uh, not something new to them, I don't think. But they've been handling it very well, and I've really been enjoying the. Uh, and we we got some good news. I don't know if you saw uh, on the uh, online, but they just announced that they've been picked up for a full season. I just saw the uh, report online. Oh, that's great! No, I hadn't seen that yet. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, came out just just before you uh, before you called me there. I saw it posted there. So it's uh, so we're getting at least one full season at least. That's very good news. Yeah, yeah very I'm excited. News. I'm excited to see where the season goes mm-hmm. now. This episode of The Muppets is a very Piggy-focused episode. Yes, so it was. So I have to ask, what did you think of Miss Piggy's role in the story overall? Very interesting. I mean, they really played up her, her diva-ness, if that's even a word. Um, With Miss Piggy, it's a word. I guess so, yes. I guess she'll make it a word if it's not. So, But yeah, I mean, the, you know, playing up her uh, yet another rivalry with another uh, you know, ho- Hollywood star. Uh, with Reese Witherspoon, but then you know they kind of took it a different way uh, when the, when doors were closed, and you know she showed she showed that sort of vulnerable spot, which you know when you saw that when you saw how it ended there, you have to wonder was that really her or was that just her playing it up for Kermit so that she he would play ball with her to get Reese back on the show yeah. or. Yeah, I, I don't is... know, but I think I like to think it's a bit of both. I think. I like to think yeah. It's, yeah, I think that makes sense. At first, it certainly seems like it's probably pretty genuine, and it was nice to have that that genuine, serious moment. But then you kind of think she's manipulating again. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe she 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 can't, she can't help herself. I guess sometimes or she, she no she she has she has a soft side, but deep down she's still she's still picky. So yeah. Now in this episode, we see Fozzie doing a kind of humor he doesn't necessarily normally do because he almost sort of becomes an insult comic. Yeah, that, I thought that was a little weird, especially the fact that he was actually getting real laughs from the audience for a change, which I don't know if that's something he was trying before and then, you know, maybe just, you know, said, hey, this is working and maybe this is something, this is a direction I should take there. Maybe this is what I should have been doing all along there. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that was his mindset, you know, that this is something that uh, he's never been good at the, the quote-unquote, you know, clean, straight stuff. There, maybe I should start getting a little, little, little nasty, little edginess there to him. There, that a lot of comics. Uh, I mean, the whole, you know, you know, my girlfriend jokes are kind of, kind of a standard trope for for, for comedians. It seems there. I mean, True. Or, and and vice versa. Like, uh, female comedian comics will, you know, have their boyfriend jokes too. So it's not exclusively a a male thing by any means. But you know. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a little weird uh, for Fozzie there. It's uh, he's not known for having that uh, nasty side to him there, but but uh, well, the audience seemed to like it anyway. So, and if the audience liked it, that's all that counts. That's true. Uh, uh, did you like Reese uh, Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon. I can't talk tonight. Oh. Did you like Reese Witherspoon as a guest star? 
Yes, I even liked her without her spoon there. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, there, you no. you yeah. should ride for Fozzie. I should, I should. But uh, no, no, yeah, that was uh, she. She played a. I really like how these celebrities uh, play themselves on uh, shows like this. You know where they, you know they they're not really playing themselves, but more like a fictionalized version of themselves. But at the same time, they can you know poke fun at themselves too, not take themselves too seriously when uh, you know things like that. But yeah, she. Uh, I think she 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 was one of the better uh, guest stars I think we've had so far this season. Yeah, I think that worked. Uh, I think that storyline per- worked pretty well, and the dynamic between Miss Piggy and Reese seemed pretty natural. I think I bought it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I think it did too. There, and I, it really, really liked how they ended it with that whole production number that uh, when Piggy apologized, because of course you know Piggy has to has to have the one up uh, Reese with the with her big production number and she has to make everything about her of course of course even when she even when she's apologizing you know she's still making it about herself so that's mm-hmm, very much so again piggy being piggy so. and we got some great puppetry there too yeah that was real that was a i don't know how they did all I that no I, I i generally am pretty good at figuring out how they worked out the effects i mean I, at first i thought that maybe you know one of the dancers was you know Kind of similar to how they did that scene in Muppets Most Wanted with, during the Gulag when, you know, they're all holding up Kermit and Steve Whitmire was one of the prisoners. I thought maybe that was how they were, but I look at no, I don't think that's Eric Jacobson. So like, wh- how did they do that? Like that's really uh, yeah. interesting. I'm I'm still kind of stumped on that one. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Scooter and Rizzo have never really had much of a relationship to my memory. Mm. And in this episode, we see them with what I think is actually a pretty good dynamic. What did you think of that? That was interesting, too. Yeah, the uh, the whole, uh, you know, Rizzo giving Scooter all these, all these, all this, you know, quote unquote help with the all the problems that uh, one leads to another, it seems there. One problem, one solution leads to another problem. And uh yeah, that was uh, they really. I, I, you know, right, you're right. I can't think of any of them having any kind of you know significant interaction because when we think about it, I guess you know Rizzo didn't really take off as a character until after uh, you know both the Jim and Richard passed away. So, and then Scooter's only become uh, you know prominent uh, in the last few years again. There, so they really haven't had a chance, I guess, to really have any kind of significant interaction with each other. So. But yeah, it's an interesting, uh, yeah, interesting dynamic that they had with each other. Did you have any favorite moments from this week's show? Well, I mean, obviously the production number, as we already said there. I mean, that was just a fantastic uh, number overall there. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think now with the because I just watched the episode before we before we started recording here. Um, the that scene with the uh, with the production number, and I would say. When Becky was, uh, you know, exposing Fozzie's uh, secrets, uh, mm-hmm. or then she started singing True Colors. I think I don't know her outside of, you know, this show, so I didn't realize. Maybe others do, but I didn't realize what a great voice she had there. She, I, re- I really hope they have her sing more, uh, you know, during during the uh, during the season here. That did find find ways for her to you know, sing more because she has a really fantastic voice. Yeah, I was I was pleased by her performance. I did not see that coming. No. And it was it was nice. It was a good scene. One of the stronger scenes in the episode, very, I think. Very nice there. And I loved how I loved how, 
you know, said Fozzie said, "Well, I'm a bear. This is how this. That's how we we draft." And looks to Bobo and says, Don't, "Isn't that how you dry yourself off there?" I said, "No, no. I use I use a towel." You know. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I don't know what I think of this episode. It's. It's puzzling me because I think in many ways it was kind of a fun episode that had its moments, but it certainly was not, in my view, their funniest. What did you think of that? No, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a fun episode, definitely a fun episode, and uh, not not terrible by any means. There, but yeah, I would agree. It's not their funniest. No, I wouldn't. I uh, wouldn't go that quite that far there. I think my my like my favorite so far was the uh, the last episode uh, with the uh, at the karaoke. That was my, that was my. Uh, my favorite episode yeah. we've had so far. I think everyone's mostly in agreement on that one because mm-hmm. that was just so fun. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm I am a huge karaoke fan myself. So when I saw that scene, you know, play itself out there, I says, I says, oh my god, that's my life, but it's in Muppet form. Like it was, it was just fantastic because you go to any karaoke bar and that's pretty much what happens. That's great. So, do you have any closing thoughts, closing remarks? I think we've said it all. I think there. I mean, it's it was it was like I said, a fun episode. Uh, I, not their worst episode, but not their best either. So I mean, and we're only five episodes in, so it's you know really hard to you know gauge these episodes. So we're still we're still really in the early stages. They're still trying to you know f- find a feel for themselves. I think, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think I saw a preview for uh, for next week's episode there with. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember Christian, too. Christian Chenoweth, I believe, is uh, is guest starring mm. there. So okay. that's going to be an interesting uh, how they work her in there. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't remember that off yeah. of the top of my oh, head. Oh yeah, I... I remember now. Apparently, there's going to be uh, apparently we're going to see Denise again. I think because uh, it's about pro- time. Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> uh, they said I think the preview was that uh, Kermit's looking to buy a gift for Denise and is asking and asks Piggy for advice. Which, uh, yeah, that, I don't know how well that's going to go over. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we'll just see. Yeah. Uh, Hey, this has been a lot of fun. Darren, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us. Oh, well, thank you for having me again there. It's been a bit of pleasure, and uh, I I would love to come back anytime. Hey, there's the sound that means it's time for a great segment that I have heard listeners seem to like. It's called Burned Hamburgers, and that's when we get to talk about the pigs in this series. Miss Piggy, Denise, uh, Andy and Randy, if we want to, whichever pigs happen to show up, we get to rant about them if we don't like them, praise them if we like them. And from what I'm hearing in this episode, Jared likes them. Jared is liking the pig in this one. Is that correct? I, I, I'm a big fan of the pig in this episode. So one of the things that we did not get to talk about much during the story synopsis, because it wasn't so much a story thing um, as just a spectacle, really, that serves a function in the story, uh, was Miss Piggy's number. We mentioned it, but wasn't that a fantastic way to end the episode? It was great. I mean, the first musical number we've had of the series, I'm led to believe there are more. I don't know if I can say that, but I said it. I hope so. Um, I'm led to believe, yeah, there's more over the next few episodes. Um, I'm just amazed at the puppetry in that because... Oh, gosh, yes. Like, I wasn't 100% sure of how they'd done it originally. It was either that there was, you know, three men in blue lycra suits who they've done an amazing job of taking out or the robotic puppets are getting way better. From what I... 
I kind of guessed that it was really, really good animatronics because I think we've seen stuff like that in, um, uh, I think it was another house building thing with Miss Piggy, actually, when they were doing that uh, uh, give a day, get a Disney day campaign. I think oh, I saw okay. something similar. From but the, what what have you? What is your current take on how that was done? From what I have heard, and this is only going off a um, something someone had written on the Muppet Mindset Facebook. It was the former. It was uh, a couple of people in lycra suits that they've just done an amazing job of removing. Oh, okay, all right. I, I guess to some extent, I kind of did suspect that one because of the fact that something did look off. Something did look special effecty, but only so slightly that it was really hard to tell. It was amazingly done. It's it's I have been so pleased with the puppetry in this one and with this series on the whole, but with this episode, there's some great puppetry with the pig that makes her very believable. Even when they showed her boots, it would yes. have been so easy to just cut to the boots. But they don't do that. They move the camera down showing her whole body, if only for half a second, and going right to the boots, and it adds so much reality to the character. It uh, does. There's a feeling like actual proper... Almost not feeling like puppets, which is good in a way, and also in a way I don't particularly like, but Mm. I think it's really working for this this series. Now, for Miss Piggy's scene in which she broke down and cried. Do you mm-hmm. think that that was genuine or was she being manipulative again? I really, really want to believe it was genuine, especially considering everything I was talking about earlier. Um, yeah, it would kind of suck if everything that you had just said was totally wrong. Yeah, and I mean, Kermit at one point says, I think I've been played, but I don't think he had been. At least I yeah. hope it wasn't, because... If all this I've just talked about, Piggy being, you know, this, a human, you know, for lack of a better term, again, I'd hate to just be completely wrong on that. So it's up to you, listeners. Do you think Jared was right or totally wrong? Let's embarrass him. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean to you. Thank you for coming on as a guest. I don't. It's been great. I've only cried twice. Oh, good. Well, did, uh, is it three times, including the pre-show cry? Well, that would make it four, because I cried twice this morning. Oh, oh, okay. Boy, alrighty then. Um, <laughs> but just, sorry, just talking so, about the pigs, I've only literally just thought of this in, you know, the six weeks the show's been on. We haven't seen Link Hogthrob once. I thought of that, uh, like, within the past hour or two. I was just thinking the same thing. Which is surprising, because, I mean, he had, you know, he had a little bit to do in uh, wanted. the last two films. That I'm surprised, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't appeared once, which is bizarre. Yeah, he and Strange Pork. I don't know where they are. However, I hear I hear that they're supposed to do some pigs in space sketches on YouTube, some original ones, which would be amazing and mind blowing. It would be incredible. I think they um have they already shot them? I can't remember. I know Steve's spoken about it, but I can't remember if he said they'd actually shot them yet. I have no idea. I'm waiting anxiously. We will find out. Now, you really liked Piggy in this episode. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people probably didn't, because in some ways we do see her doing her usual shtick to some extent and being very, very diva-ish. Yes. Can I give a few examples? Of course. Can I make those examples into a drinking game that only I will play? Of course. 
Well, in that case, here is the Miss Piggy drinking game. Every time we get to one of Miss Piggy's usual diva cliches, I take a shot of tap water. First of all, according to Bobo, Miss Piggy said, la la la, can't hear you. That's very usual, Miss Piggy. I'll take a drink. Miss Piggy holds a ridiculous grudge for decades, and that's another thing that we're used to seeing her do, another one of her, another element of her shtick, I'll say, so I'll take a drink to that. She pretends that Kermit agrees with her, even when he obviously totally doesn't. In a scene that I loved, by the way. Yes, I kind of loved that too, but that's not the point. Kermit was hilarious. It was hilarious, but that is not the point. She makes a grand entrance to show off for people who don't really care. She dresses up in a glittery diva outfit, even for simple and or not very fancy tasks. She makes a pouty face for the camera. I'll drink to that. Uh, she uh, contacts the tabloids directly to try to bring more media attention to herself. I'll drink to that as well. And for my last drink, I think she shows great strength when she did her signature karate chop, but somehow had a hard time lifting that bag of, uh, well, whatever Reese Witherspoon threw to her, which is very, very much our usual karate chopping cliche pig. My last drink. And there we go. So I really, really have to go to the bathroom, but I will now allow for your rebuttal, which may be in the form of a drinking game or a haiku or whatever fun thing you choose to do. Way to put me on the spot. I know. Well, how's about this? How about we take a five second break while I actually go to the bathroom and then we come back and through the magic of editing, it will only take one second and we come back to you giving your rebuttal. Fantastic. Okay. And we're back. That was fast. That was great. I, I love getting to include a little bit of hold music every now and again. Do you know what I mean? I do. That was great hold music. Yeah. I'm going to pretend yeah. I heard it. Please do so, because it's going to be good, whatever it is. Probably an obscure Muppet reference. Can it be hug a Anyway, can it be... No, that's that doesn't have a very... Um, that doesn't have the same kind of sound, because... Uh, at least here in the States, I don't know, maybe this is just a cultural thing, but generally, for us, hold music and elevator music and weather channel music are all the same kind of instrumental, mildly annoying, smooth jazz-like, easy listening music. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. We generally have piano music. Okay, yeah, that same kind of thing. Okay. It would often be very similar to that. So, anyway, I think we were going to hear your creative response to my arguments about uh, Miss Piggy. All my creativity is tapped because of the amazing drawing I've been doing the entire time we've been talking. So I haven't really got something creative. Oh, I see. All I'll say... Sure, so you're going to send me this drawing, right? Of course. If it's so amazing? Of course. Okay, good. All I'll say is, yes, Piggy's a diva. Yes, she does her shtick. But I will take any amount of selflessness coming from her as a win. Okay. Great. And there we go. All right. I will take that as an answer. And so that is burned hamburgers for this one. And that brings us to uh, one of our last segments that is always somewhere roughly near the end, hopefully, unless we go on 
for a really long time. I really don't want to need two bathroom breaks in the same episode, but we'll see how it goes. This segment is simply called Favorites, and it's when we give our favorite moments from the show. This can be favorite story arcs, favorite scenes, or favorite uh, little dialogues. It's, we can, well, generally we actually do all of those things. So, would you like to start, or would you like me to start? I will go with a favorite line. Okay. On the maybe, not a favorite line, but just a favorite moment. Um, the That's fair. Pepe Rizzo, Sean Penn champagne. Yes, very uh, good. That was... Just, I love the fact that they will waste 11 seconds of network television for such a silly joke. <laughs> you know, this is slightly off topic, but I'm going to make it related. I was recently watching the classic Marx Brothers movie, A Night at the Opera, with audio commentary by film critic and film historian and Disney historian, um, uh, how, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Do you have any idea who I'm talking about? Not a clue. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'm almost there. Anyway, one of the things that this famous historian, whom we should all know because he was attacked in Gremlins 2, pointed out is that we don't really have the same kind of dialect humor that they were able to get away with in the Marx Brothers movies with, say, Chico. Or actually, it's supposed to be pronounced Chico, I hear. Yes. Uh, even though I was saying it wrong for a long time, but I learned from the audio commentary, everyone says it wrong. It's actually Chico. Um, but anyway, we haven't had that kind of dialect humor much. And somehow, Pepe is kind of able to get away with it with jokes like Sean Penn Champagne. And it's great! It's really, really great that they're able to do this without getting in trouble and have something that I don't think is trying to make fun of anyone at all. It's just Pepe has a fun accent for little things like that that really can be confusing. That's it. I've loved I've loved Pepe's just, um, pronunciations of words like, I love Kerman and mm -hmm. Foxy. Gonzo? Rizzo? Or Rizzo with the T. Rizzo, yep. I've just I've always liked that, and I love the uh, yeah the fact that they'll just waste time on network television for yeah such a silly but simple joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was indeed one of the best moments in the episode. For me, I don't know that I have a favorite quote from this one. It's yeah, it's hard to say. This was not one of the most quotable episodes, which is why I think it has struggled a little bit in terms of... It, it hasn't been a fan favorite, and part of that is the fact that it doesn't have many of those one-liners that were so great in the first four episodes. Um, so I don't think I have a favorite quote from this one, but for the favorite scene, I think I'm going to go with what was the favorite scene for a lot of people, which was True Colors. Yep. Good choice. And favorite story arc is hard to choose because the Fozzie one was weird. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the Piggy one. Um, but I think my favorite storyline was probably going to have to be Rizzo and Scooter, oddly enough, just because it was really fun seeing them having that kind of a relationship and hearing about Rizzo's crazy family and just seeing them go back and forth in a way that those two characters really haven't before. Well, that's it. That's a good, uh, good choice. And I like that, uh, I like that this show is taking characters that don't really interact and having them, you know, put together. I like to see mm -hmm. the dynamics that they come up with. Yeah, exactly. Did you was your favorite storyline the Miss Piggy one? It was, yeah. For all the, for oh, okay. the you know, just scroll back the last you know forty five hours we've been talking about it. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll... I can see that now. What do you know? Okay, it's time for a toast and a roast. Hey, there was a little bit of theme music or sound effect or whatever I have for toast and a roast. I don't... I think it's just glasses clinking. I don't remember right now, but you'll hear it when I add it in post. And uh, that is when we get to toast someone who made the show a little bit better and roast someone who made it a little bit weaker. So would you like me to go first? Would you like to go first? It can go either way. And if you want to, you can actually do the roast first. It's up to you. Oh. I'm going to let you go first. Ah, very good choice. Who will I toast? I think I'm actually going to toast Becky. And that is because in, as I've already mentioned, in episode one, wasn't crazy about the character, but in this episode, well written. Uh, she was a good, strong character in this one, which I didn't see coming, and I was very pleased by it. And it was a lovely little perk, or not perk, a lovely little uh, touch, a, an added bonus for the episode, I think. Good choice. Would you like me to do my roast as I, well while you're working I'm on this? or? To, I'm going to toast mm -hmm. Reese Witherspoon. Oh, very yeah. interesting choice. Why is that? I think she's probably one of the better guest stars we've had in the last five, um, last five episodes. A lot of that is because she was the only one um, and so she at least got a chance to do her thing, whereas someone like, you know, Nick Offerman, who was fantastic in episode three, episode three, yeah, didn't get... I wish Steve was here. <laughs> I really do, because you, the, the fights you would pick with him, Nick Offerman was uh, not really doing all that much in episode three, and that was a wee bit annoying. Okay. I I just, I, look, I'm a big, you know, Park and Rec fan. I love me some Ron Swanson. He was great, but he didn't get to do a lot. Whereas he did not get to do a lot. Reese Witherspoon at least got to. She got like she got a full character in this. And she got an episode basically devoted to her. Exactly right, and she promoting her charity work. And she that we couldn't find for a while. <laughs> uh, that and she was believable. Like when I say mm -hmm. that, as in she would talk to these characters, and you believed that she was angry at Petey. You believed all these sort of things. Some actors fall into, you know, the trap of almost overacting when they're around the Muppets. Yeah. But I think she did a real, and she could have easily, this episode, you know, was really, was made for overacting if she chose True. to go that way. But I think she did a really good job just toning it down. Yes, that's, that's very true. So now, who am I going to roast? That is the tricky one. Would you like me to go first? Why don't you go first? This is going to be controversial. Okay. Some flack. I'm going mm. to roast Fozzie. Interesting. Why is that? Just because, as I've said, I don't know we need him in every episode. I found his was the storyline that I was probably the most bored with. Um, and, yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure. I think I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm a little, getting a little over Fozzie. Hmm. You know what? I think, out of laziness, I'm going to join you in roasting Fozzie because Fozzie... I, 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 something about his story in this episode was not doing it for me, and I did not think it was 
it wasn't exactly right for me. I was a little bit uncomfortable watching Fozzie doing some of the, saying some of the things that he said made me rather uncomfortable. And they weren't even particularly funny when they were supposed to be funny and they were supposed to make the audience laugh. So, yeah, for me, it has to be Fozzie. Right. Sorry. 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 Better yeah. Like, okay. Uh, hey, hey, Ralph, don't tell Fozzie that, that, you know, that we said this, okay? Okay. Okay. Jared, did you at any time realize that while we've been having this conversation, I've actually been sitting right here in Ralph's Tavern, which is the home of Let's Talk Muppets? I did not know that. You did? Wow. What I'm do you know? Okay. So, welcome. Well, it's just we know that it's a, a long, long trip. But when you come to the States in a month or so, then by all means, you know, be sure to swing by. I'll, I'll be there. Don't you worry. All right. Great. Yeah. Steve and I have had a fun time here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good drinks. And by that, I mean good tap water. That's what I like. Um, so it, it's good. Stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a good environment for podcasting as long as you can get that little room in the back that I was not supposed to tell anyone about. So we'd better move right along very, very quickly. I think that because we have come up with some great online petitions in this episode, and I don't want them to be forgotten, we had best go through the online petition report. The online petition report. This is a segment that I have just now added, like within the past few seconds, brand new, in which I keep you all up to date on what all of our online petitions are so that you can sign them and make things happen. Or they won't. So, let's get started. First off, the petition to keep the Fraggle Rock movie in Fraggle Rock. The petition to get FrogFan76 on the new Muppet Show on ABC. The petition to get Frank Oz a bodyguard to punch anyone who asks if Frank will do a voice. The petition to make Sam Eagle and Janice, also known as Samus, a couple. The petition to kill off Statler. The petition to kill off Astoria. The petition to remove Fozzie from approximately 50% of the episode's B or C stories. And the petition to add Big Mean Carl to more awkward situations. And that is the online petition report. And I think with that, we've just about come to the end of the show. So, Jared, do you have anything else you'd like to say about this episode? Anything you would like to say to the listeners or to me? Anyone else you would like to attack or insult or pick a fight with? Well, who have I picked a fight with? I picked a fight with Reese Witherspoon, uh, the entire city of Boise. That's true. I think that's enough to keep me going for a while. Okay. Okay. Oh, and FrogFan76. Oh, FrogFan, yeah, he's like, he's the biggest one. And Steve Swanson. Yeah. But but that was just a decoy fight. It's always been FrogFan. It's always been FrogFan. And there we go. Now, uh, listeners, you can find the Muppet Mindset at MuppetMindset.com, like we said. And you guys are also on Facebook. Is that at Facebook.com slash Muppet Mindset or somewhere else? Uh, Facebook.com slash Muppet Mindset, and you can find us okay. on Twitter um, at Muppet Mindset. Okay. And, of course, you all know where to find me, I think, at this point. I am J.D. Hansel and can be found at MuppetHub.com. You can send your thoughts on this episode to me, me at MuppetHub.com. And by any means, if you have any requests, things you'd like to hear us doing or talking about or any thoughts on the show, any feedback you can give me, that would be great. I would love that. If you'd like to come on the show for the phone a friend segment like Darren did, hey, by all means, send me an email. We can probably work something out. I've really enjoyed the phone a friend segment. I do have a couple other people lined up for it. 
So there is a wee bit of a wait there, but still, there's certainly an opportunity uh, for you to join in the conversation. And you can also do that over on Twitter. You can follow me at JD11PC. And Let's Talk Muppets has its own Twitter, which is at New Muppet Show. I am so glad I was able to get that Twitter handle. Uh, and that's also where I'm doing the live tweets of each episode as it airs for the East Coast broadcast in the U.S., Let's see, where else, where else, where else? I think I should also mention MuppetHub.com slash Facebook takes you to our Facebook page. And that's about everything that you need to know to get in touch with me. You know how to get in touch with Jared. You know how to give me a nice review in iTunes, I presume, at MuppetHub.com slash iTunes, which would be helpful for me. So, uh, Jared, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure. And cut. That's... That's the whole show, I think, unless you have anything else you wanted to add. I might be able to edit something in there. That was a very long episode. It was very long. I'm sorry about that. No, that's okay. Not a problem. Like, I have nothing to do. Yeah, it, it's going to get edited down, though. It'll get edited down. Please subscribe to the 11 Point Collar YouTube channel and keep an eye out there for bonus content from this episode.